You learned so many incredibly valuable lessons as a camp pro, especially when you were first starting out. So many of those lessons likely became second nature, your default, if you will. Sometimes, however, we leave those lessons at camp at the end of each summer. We might think that's just how we present at camp, or that's just how we deal with people at camp. But join us today as we remember some of those key lessons that we once learned and chat about their relevance outside of summer camp, because as we all know, the rest of the world could use a little summer camp magic. Welcome to Beyond Camp, a podcast for summer camp directors and leaders by Go Camp Pro. Beyond Camp explores the intersection of camp and the rest of our lives. Camp professionals know that all aspects of our lives affect our camp experience. And Beyond Camp is here to dive into the messy, brave, and joyous conversations that surround that fact. Check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. We here at Go Camp Pro are grateful to the folks at ACA Illinois for their support of our podcasts. The American Camp Association of Illinois is made up of nearly 289,000 members, volunteers, campers, families, and professionals who believe in the power of camp. ACA Illinois works to disrupt the effects of poverty by providing fundamental services for children and families and learning opportunities for camp professionals. Learn more about ACA Illinois by visiting acail.org. Welcome to Beyond Camp, where we explore the intersection of camp and our lives. For too long, camp professionals have referred to camp as being in a bubble. We're here to burst that bubble. We know that camp intersects with every aspect of our lives. We're excited to delve into those. We are your hosts, Rachel Ken. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Cassie Bloy. My pronouns are also she, her. We're here to go beyond camp with you. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And make sure to check out the show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. We'd also be super grateful if you'd share this with uh, some of your favorite camp peers. Now, let's get started. Today, Cassie and I are going to do a little bit of reflecting on lessons that we've forgotten at camp that we feel would still serve us well in the future. You know, those things that used to come so naturally to you when you worked at camp, and now maybe you find yourself in more of a manager-level job, maybe you've moved away from camping a little bit, and you've forgotten some of those lessons. Well, we're here to remind you of some of those that will serve you well in the boardroom, meetings with uh, folks who never worked at camp, and in a variety of other locations. So Cassie, I'm going to flip this to you to start. What is one lesson from camp that you think is people might've forgotten about, but it's important that they still remember. Yeah. And it's not, now this isn't an easy one for camp professionals in camp. um, And it definitely took time to learn it, but even outside of camp, taking time for you, right? Make that time, have that time set aside for you to focus on you or to do something you enjoy because even still working outside of camp, it's so easy to just sit down at my computer because everything's web-based. Just open up a document and start working. That's not time for me. That's work time. I mean, does anybody working from home take their lunch? I got into a good rhythm where I was walking my dog every day at lunch, but that uh, has come and gone and I'm back to eating and working all day because it's just so easy with work from home. Yeah. And I think it's something we've just maybe forgotten a little bit in the last you know, however many months it has been now. I'm proud of you for bringing this up and the fact that this means that you learned this lesson while you were in camp. And I feel like this was a lesson that I was still struggling uh, to work on is taking time for myself. Yeah, it's a hard one to learn. Um, You learn it the hard way, unfortunately, typically. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. Well, I have a lesson that is maybe 
uh, a little bit more easy to implement. And this is one that I think I had forgotten the power of, and that's that everybody loves positive feedback. And I think, you know, when you work at camp, there's, um, you know, you're always, you're turning to your staff and you're saying, wow, like you did a really good job and you're being really specific and timely and you're following Michael Brandwine's advice for how to give great feedback, right? You know, like you walk up to the kid and you're like, hey, did you see your counselor, Bobby? And like, what a great job they did at that like high ropes course today. And then you and the kid talk about it, but like in front of Bobby and Bobby feels great about themselves. Um, you can still do that outside of camp. And it's amazing just how powerful that is. Um, you know, there's, and I've had these moments recently, and that's what like sort of spurred me to think about this as a podcast topic is, um, I, I volunteer with a group and we were out one evening and we had a, a last minute leadership shift. So somebody was taking over leadership of the group for the last like 45 minutes that we were out doing our thing. And, at the end of the night, we were doing a little debrief and I turned and I was like, Hey, thanks for your leadership. Like that was great in front of the whole group. And she was like, you know, kind of embarrassed and flustered. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like, thanks. And then we were walking away and she said, turned to me and she said, you know, like, I'd like to think like, I just like to be bossy. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me stop you right there. You're not being bossy. You're being a good leader. Um, and it was just like such a natural thing. I thought like this person had stepped off up to offer leadership and what was a stressful moment for our group because we had to do some last minute changes. Um, and so I thanked her for that in front of the group, but it made such a difference. And apparently somebody else said it was still resonating with her a week later. So I think we forget how easy that can be. Oh, we definitely do. And I think we forget how appreciated it is more specifically. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I know right now it's something I need to be better at with my staff currently just feedback in general because they're asking me for feedback. Well, and I think the other thing is that camp is often seen as this like warm and fuzzy place. You know, everyone's done those like warm and fuzzies where you like write the little notes, you put them in the little paper bags. Um, Those still would bring me a lot of joy. Like if people would just write me little notes and like drop them in my mailbox in my house, that would be delightful. Um, Maybe creepy because people would know where I live, but I digress. Um, But people think of camp as this warm and fuzzy place, but they don't always think of that as the workplace. And so then when you're the type of person who appreciates it and says something in a genuine way, not like in a suck up kind of way, but in one of those ways where you're like, wow, like, thank you for doing this, where it's meaningful, short, it's not like over the top and elaborate. It catches people off guard because they don't expect it. They don't expect that in a meeting. They don't expect that in the corporate world, perhaps. Um, But everybody wants to feel good about themselves. And it also that helps shape your culture um, in your workplace of looking for positive feedback. Um, and it also makes people less shy to then do that themselves. Um, so we could have a whole spinoff on this probably, but I'll catch myself there unless you have more to add, Cassie. I don't. I feel like we need to hit pause, write it down and save it for later. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, coming to you soon is uh, another podcast episode about small ways we can encourage positive culture from camp to the corporate table, I suppose. We'll work on, we'll workshop that title. Okay. Let's uh, move on, Cassie. What's your next lesson that you'd say you've learned? Remember to have fun. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm choosing fun versus play specifically because they're, I think they're two different things. Like when I think of working in camp and doing that, I enjoyed my work. I had fun doing the job to create the moments. Was I always playing? No, but was it enjoyable for me and fun? Yes. So to me, it's more about like finding those passion projects in what you're currently doing that fill your heart. Hmm. So I recently, 
um, sat down with our CEO and he handed me a project and he thought he was going to have to spend like an hour convincing me to do this. Uh, five minutes later, I was like, you know, we're good. Like I got this because I was excited about what he put on my plate um, because it fills my heart. It's a passion project. So I may have left the camp world, but I will be running summer camps this summer. Well, that's exciting. And that's quite the, uh, quite the little news bomb that you're dropping on oh, us I know. there. <laughs> wow. I'm speechless a little bit. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, um, I'll be far removed from them. So I'll be hiring the people to run them and do all the work, but I am in the visionary process of creating this program. Wow. I love that for you. That's amazing. That's great. So like pulling that fun and that passion back into what you're doing, and there's always a way to do it or connect with it. And it might not be work-related. It might be through volunteerism, or it might be a personal project that you just want to do in your spare time, but have fun. Yeah. I think I can speak to that a little bit because um, I was working in risk management for a good part of the pandemic. Um, and it was like fascinating and interesting. Um but I don't know if I would say it was fun. I mean, like I had a great team and all of that, but it was tough. And the pandemic and risk management, if anyone else has walked down that road, you know that it's challenging. And I think I found my fun and my passion projects outside of work. And that helped me balance things. Um, so, or even right now, like I found a group that volunteers in person where I'm living. And so it gives me a way to be connected to my community and out helping people. And I love it. And I get to have fun with them. Um, and there's some play involved. And so it balances my sitting at my home office in front of my screen for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours a day. Um, and I found that, that that focus on like making sure there's something in your life that you feel passionate about helps me balance out when my job isn't always 110% exciting. Because sometimes you have to have jobs you don't love. I think we all know that, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, know, you have bills to pay, you have to live. But finding that balance, even if it's not at work, I think is really valuable. That's exactly it. There are always parts of your job that you are not going to enjoy. The the boxes you have to check. Yep. You're so wise, Cassie. (laughs) So much wisdom to share. I would also say, because I'm a big fan of play, that you should also find some some times to play. Uh, May I suggest wearing a costume to Costco? Did that once. Lost my Costco (laughs) card. Had to get a new photo taken. I will forever be wearing a Nemo the Fish hat on my Costco card. We can talk about that later, Uh, but find some fun and play. That's a great lesson. I like that. Mm -hmm. What's Uh, up next? Well, before we head into our break, I'm going to share one more uh, lesson. And to me, that's, it's the lesson that everything is based off of relationships. Um, I think relationships are so key. We know that at camp, right? Like if you have good relationships with your staff, it's much easier to be like, hey, would you mind cleaning up the bathroom for the 17th time this week? Or, you know, whatever other unpleasant task you might have for them. Relationships are so valuable and they're so motivating. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that when we move out of camp into the corporate world and everything is emails or a quick, you know, message on whatever platform you're using a Slack message, let's say, um, but building and taking some time to cultivate those relationships will make your life infinitely easier down the road. Yes. And I think you just helped me find my, uh, speaking topic for my upcoming thing that I have to speak at, how to cultivate relationships within your staff team. Right. I love that. And, you know, sometimes I think it's, it's just finding ways to find out more about the people you're working with, especially virtually. But, you know, mm-hmm. think about when you talk to a kid and you ask them about like their pet or their favorite sports team or whatever it might be, and they love to talk about it. 
Well, adults are the same way. Like if somebody asks me about my dog, well, I hope you've booked off at least half an hour in your schedule because I will talk about them. Um, you know, but like find out what other people are interested in, build those relationships and find those commonalities. I think it's it's been so helpful for me when I'm building relationships with like third-party service providers um, for the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. or if it's work at a board level, like those relationships are so valuable. And I think sometimes we forget that. Um camp we like know they're important and then we go back and we're like just quick to fire off emails instead of putting in something nice and gentle and friendly in those yeah and i think it's important for our young people that we work with too like our teenage staff um you know coming in to see your 30 something boss can be scary but if you have built a proper relationship with them that's built more on the work that they do your culture is going to be impacted by that Absolutely. I also think like, think of all the ways that you have built relationships at camp. You can absolutely still use those outside of camp. Like if you can build relationships with a seven-year-old whose sole interest in life is like ants building little like anthills, you can build a relationship with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm certain that the camp pros listening to this uh, can relate to what I'm talking about. Definitely. We all can. <laughs> Great. Uh, and if anybody ever wants to talk about my dogs, please hit me up. Uh, today was the first day they had to wear their coats outside together because it was cold out. So they're <laughs> trotting around in their matching coats. It's very cute. Uh, anyways, uh, so on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Cassie has some more great lessons for us. Looking for support from your colleagues, guidance about all things COVID related, or someone to talk with about best practices at camp? One of the top benefits we often hear mentioned from our members at ACA Illinois is our camp advocates. These staff serve as your go-to person for questions, updates, and personalized service support. Connecting with these like-minded camp pros will also build your camp network and assist in building more relationships for both yourself and your camp. Join them today to learn more about our exclusive member benefits at acail.org. All right, Cassie. What is another lesson that you think we've, we knew at camp, we learned really well at camp and we have maybe forgotten once we moved past some of our camp days. Yeah, for sure. I think maybe not forgotten, but not realized for this one. Oh, I like that. So for me, one of the things I learned or realized I was good at was apparently nonprofit budgeting right? Most camps, at least in Canada, fit within the nonprofit charitable sector. We're really good at finding zero and we're creative at like cost cutting and finding deals and like, where's the best place to go get popsicle sticks, right? Like for some reason, these are the things I know. I don't know why, but those same practices and those creative solutions, if you leave camping and enter the for-profit world or the corporate entity, are still valuable. That creative problem solving and thinking outside the box concept really helps when you're setting up a budget that needs to all of a sudden have profit. (laughs) And like, when you're looking at it that way, it's a, it's a different entity and you're like, okay, well, how else can I save money? Where else can I, you know, how can I cut expenses without impacting my product or the experience that we're providing, but still have, value. And I think at camp, that's something we're really good at. We find ways to cut what we can to make it work in a productive manner. Absolutely. And camp folks are creative in such a unique way as well that is often not seen in other 
parts of the world, I think. We don't always have mm-hmm. like a linear way of thinking um, or we're used to seeing a problem and being like, yeah, of course we can tackle this. And then coming up with like, you know, half a dozen different ways to tackle it or to differentiate um, solutions. So I think that that is really valuable as well. Yeah. And think, sorry, go ahead. It's just, it, you'll be surprised at what you actually know crosses over. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you learned how to save on like uh, band-aids that one summer camp, I'm sure that you can also save on like the amount of ink toner that your camp use, or your business uses. That was the mm-hmm. most boring business related expense I could think of was toner. <laughs> Do people even print anymore now that we're all virtual? Probably not. Maybe you don't, maybe you, maybe your organization no longer needs to print anymore. You're welcome, everybody. I just saved you a line on your budget. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, um, I like that creativity. I think that's a really good reminder, Cassie, because I think a lot of us sometimes look back at those days when we worked um, at places that had little budgets and we're like, oh man, like it was so rough doing so little with like nothing or doing so much with so little. Um, but there's incredible power in that and really mm-hmm. like genius moment that came out of it. Um, so my lesson is to be flexible like pipe cleaners. I had a great uh, manager who would always be like, we're flexible like pipe cleaners. So whatever sort of situation came up, we could contort ourselves and make ourselves work. Um, and I feel like that, especially through this pandemic, uh, has really resonated with me. I just keep saying to people, well, I'm happy to roll with it. You know, I think camp teaches us to be flexible in so many ways. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, is a thunderstorm going to roll in? Uh, is the power going to go out? Was there a bear on camp? Um, is everybody just having the best time of their lives at the waterfront? You absolutely cannot go to the next activity because they're just having the best time ever. Um, you know, like life is always changing at camp and it is in the rest of the world as well. But I think there's a lot more rigidity in the world um, and folks aren't used to being flexible. And so I think when you can take that flexibility from camp, that mindset of like, Oh yeah, like we'll just roll with it. We'll switch things up. Um, can be really powerful and can also, it can make you really um, attractive to employers as well, because you're able to roll with things. You're able to say, okay, yeah, I can take this limited information and like make something of it. Cause we do that at camp all the time, right? You know, you start with the bare minimum and then you, you just roll with it. You're flexible. Um, and I think for me, that served me really well recently and has been a lesson that I've been reflecting on. Yeah. Well, and I think it can go for infant. Not only is it like valuable for an employer looking for employees, but employees looking for employers. If employers are flexible, um, you can be flexible to a point. I've discovered that there is a line of flexibility as an employer that you may not want to cross over. Um, Totally. Yeah. And that's (laughs) going to tie in well to our next lesson. So remember that thought. (laughs) Yeah. So like, but it still cross, like it still has that balance of like, if you provide flexibility around hours, you may be able to attract a different cohort of potential employees. Mm-hmm. Or if something's not working for you, how can we be flexible um, to shape what it is into something new? Um, you know, like a pipe cleaner can be, it can be a straight line. It can be a corkscrew. It can be all sorts of things without losing what it is inherently. It's still a pipe cleaner. It just is different and doing yeah. the task differently. So but the standard you- might stay the same, but the process to get from A to B might rotate. Yes, absolutely. I like that visual. If anybody's watching us on YouTube, Cassie was doing some good stuff with her hands there. Usually I'm the hand talker, but here we are. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I think also when we, you know, as camp pros, we're used to differentiating um, like lessons and things for different types of learners. Um, And that's also super applicable outside of the camp world. So don't forget about that. Kids learn different ways. Those kids become adults who are still learning in very different ways. Um, So on that note, Mm -hmm. don't get rid of your ink toner or your printer toner. (laughs) You can still print things for people who prefer to learn that way. 
please. I'm one of them. I like to write stuff down and print things off and hold them in my hands. There you go. So uh, if Cassie's working for you, print some stuff. (laughs) Uh, So I'm talking about being flexible, but you have sort of the flip side of that. So let's, uh, let's see your point and maybe we can compromise and meet the middle here. Remember to set boundaries with your staff team. I think this is just like from a camp perspective and a non-camp, like regular real quote unquote real world or outside of that bubble. We, we still need those boundaries. They still need to exist. And we need to remember that because, you know, at camp, you know, even if you are sleeping, there are nights where you need to turn that radio off and somebody else needs to be on call, right? Mm-hmm. Your staff need to know when they should come to you and what those escalation pathways actually are. Are you the first person they come to when a child is feeling sick as the camp director? Probably not. But do some staff do that anyways? Most likely. And it still happens outside. Like, are you receiving Slack notifications or Teams messages or texts from your staff at all hours of the day? Quite possibly. So leaving them unread and then in the morning following up with, hey, just so you know, (laughs) Mm. I'm not going to respond after this hour. So So like, if you're telling me you're sick and can't come to work the next day at midnight, Am I going to respond to you at midnight? Hopefully not. We have a policy in our organization or like a, maybe it's not a policy, but they asked that if we are going to be working at odd hours because some of us need to flex our schedule to, for childcare and things like that, because we mm-hmm. are still in this little pandemic situation, not little, still large, still here. Um, is that uh, if you're going to be working at night, try to delay send on your emails so that when you log in in the morning, all the emails that you wrote at nine o'clock at night show up the next morning at 9 a.m. And I think that's a feature on Outlook, which is what we use, because that way it doesn't stress out people who are receiving emails. Because I know sometimes like if I get an email on my phone Mm -hmm. at 10 p.m., I'm going to feel obliged to respond to it, even though that person is just working the hours that like best work for their schedule. So I think there perhaps is a way that we can be flexible to allow for people to work in different circumstances and set really strong boundaries so that we're not sending mm-hmm. at midnight. Sorry to, um, Oh no. And it, I don't even know if it's like even obliged to respond, but I feel obliged to at least read it. Mm-hmm. And then my brain goes from off hours into on hours. Yeah, absolutely. So you can even set boundaries with yourself. I don't allow work emails on my phone. It's a big a person, Cassie. You're good. It's person. really hard. They're on my computer, which is usually, you know, <laughs> Within arm's reach. Fair enough. That's good though. Alrighty. Well, uh, we're just about out of time for today. I think we'll do one last lesson. Um, are you right if I take the last one there, Cassie? Yeah, go for it. I'm excited to see which one you pick. <laughs> so this lesson came to me. Um, I'm part of a mastermind group. I took a course um, just over a year ago. And so um, I meet with this group of folks every Thursday morning. And um, one of the things we do is we give presentations to each other. So I did do a presentation on a book I had read. And so I um, am a bit of a procrastinator and had a busy time at work. So I didn't have a, to be perfectly honest, didn't have a ton of time with, in which to prepare this presentation. So obviously 40 minutes before my 8 a.m. presentation, I was preparing. Uh, so I put together the slide deck and because I didn't necessarily have a ton of material prepared, I put in a lot of opportunities for discussion. So I made it interactive, you know, like brainstorm this, talk about this, um, and people loved it. People were like, wow, I love this style of presenting. And I was like, wait a second, but this is just 
how we present at camp. Like you don't sit your staff down for training and just talk at them for an hour. Like you might talk to them for 20 minutes and then you encourage discussion and you prompt. And that, that I think is actually what prompted me or sparked the idea for this podcast topic was, wow, this is a lesson that was just so natural to me at camp. And I hadn't forgotten the power of it. Um, And then when you present it to folks who aren't used to that type of presenting, it seems really innovative. So it just seems like a really quick win that I want to remind people you have really unique ways of presenting. Um, You should bring those outside of camp. Yeah. And it's so true. I've sat in far too many things that are people talking at me in the last you know, year and a bit that I've been with my new company and I'm like, whew, this, this is rough. Like <laughs> I, I can't just listen anymore. Yeah. So there's, there's a quick win for you. Uh, however, I will say um, for legal reasons, please don't prep all your work presentations half an hour before you give them. <laughs> don't learn that lesson from me. Well, this was, this was quite fun talking about all these lessons. Yeah, we might have to do a part two sometime. Uh, well, so stay tuned for that, folks. Excellent. So I think we're done for the day. I hope somebody will learn or remember one of the lessons that we have learned and remembered or needed to relearn in the post-camp, outside-camp, beyond-camp, bubble world, real world. There's too many words right there. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Uh, but we'll jump into our recharge station. Remember that self-care is critical to personal wellness in the good times and the hard times. It's also something uh, we find that camp professionals typically struggle with. And we probably still struggle with it when we're no longer at camp too. But we would like to look at it as recharging your batteries or helping you feel a little bit more inspired. Um, So for me, one of the things I've actually had to remember recently is to move your body. Mm -hmm. Get up, get outside, and physically move your body. Get those steps in, stretch, run, swim, bike, whatever it is that works for you. Just remember to move your body. Absolutely. And for those of us who are living in colder places than Cassie, I will drop a <laughs> link into the show notes for a great stretching program that I love for when it's minus 40 outside. Amazing. Excellent. So thank you for joining us beyond camp. We hope that you were able to connect and reflect with us as we journey beyond the property lines and bring camp with us. As we reach out, as we wrap up, not reach out, (laughs) we want you to be able to reach out and connect with us. So you can find both myself and Rachel at beyondcamp at gocamp.pro. Please remember to check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. We want to send out a big thank you to the team at GoCamp Pro for allowing us this space to hold these conversations, to the team at ACA Illinois for their sponsorship and support of us, to our producers, Matt and Jotham, for making us sound amazing each and every week, and to you, our listeners, for making the time to listen. Your dedication keeps us moving forward. Beyond Camp is part of the GoCamp Pro podcast network. Check out all our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcasts. Go well and safely, friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Beyond Camp is a part of Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro/podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, 
We ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.